Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Film Buds Podcast. This is episode number 282, and my name is Henry. It is just me this time around, but L should be back next week. First of all, Happy New Year to everyone out there. And this time around, I'm going to be doing something a little bit different, and I'm hoping it's the start of a new, call it sub-series, something like that, that I'm hoping to do maybe once a month, once every other month, something like that, which is doing a One film and then doing the making of documentary when available. So some films out there, there's maybe a one or two minute long featurette, something like that. But others, for example, this Ridley Scott movie and many Ridley Scott movies have two, three, four hour long making of documentaries. And for anyone out there interested in filmmaking who might be seeking those out or who might be unaware of those, I figured I'd bring them to light because I think they are pretty interesting. Not for everyone, but I think they are still pretty informative. And so this time around, I'm going to be doing Ridley Scott's Exodus, Gods and Kings from 2014, which is his biblical epic starring Christian Bale and Joel Edgerton. And then I'm going to be doing the very long two and a half hour making of documentary reviewing that film, Keepers of the Covenant, making Exodus, Gods and Kings. So thanks as always for joining us. Make sure to subscribe. Hit that subscribe button if you have not already, and thank you to all those who have. I'm also going to be touching on a few things that I've watched as of late, so it should be a good time. Glad to be here. Uh, Glad you're here. So it is 2024 now, which is pretty crazy to think about. I'm getting back to my normal work schedule. Had a nice little bit of a break, which was really good to have, and spent some time with the family and all that. So that was a nice little break for sure. But back to it and hoping to have a good 2024 and hope uh, it is for all of you out there. And just a good year of Film Buds. Another good year of Film Buds will be coming up on our eighth year in June, which is pretty insane to think about. Well, not a whole lot else to mention. As always, if you've not checked out our bonus show page, that is at filmbuds.bandcamp.com. We have over 60 bonus shows covering franchises, directors, actors, that kind of thing. So please make sure to check out that page if you if you haven't already you can subscribe there as well and uh, all the donations go to help support the show and thank you to all those who have donated and subscribed and all that we really do appreciate it and there's it's a lot of good content so if you like anything the film buds has to offer make sure you check out our Bandcamp page all right well i do want to go ahead and talk about these movies so let's get into it let's get into exodus gods and kings and we do have a clip so take a listen bring her in Bring her in. Mary, come, sit, sit down. Now, I'm going to ask you some things that are going to seem very strange to you. I just would like you to answer them truthfully. How do you know Moses? You know how I know him. So you're not his sister then? 
course not. Place your arm on the table. Ramesses, don't take this any further. Don't take this any further? Mm -hmm. What? Do not take this any further. Are you quite sure about that? Get your hand off it or use it now. All right, so as I said, Exodus Gods and Kings came out in 2014, is directed by Ridley Scott, stars Christian Bale, Joel Edgerton, Ben Kingsley, Sigourney Weaver, John Turturro, Aaron Paul, Ben Mendelsohn, Maria Belverde, Golshifta Ferrani, um, a lot of other people. It's a huge cast. And the synopsis is that defiant leader Moses rises up against Egyptian pharaoh Ramses II, setting 600,000 slaves on a monumental journey of escape from Egypt and its terrifying cycle of deadly plagues. Since this is a bit of a retro review, I'll read the box office. This made $268 million against a budget of around $200 million, so quite the big flop financially, unfortunately. I did see this one back in theaters, which was really great. And I've seen it probably four times or so over the years. Uh, I love, as for anyone who listens to the show, I love historical, medieval, biblical, Roman era, biblical era epics. That's just my kind of film. Two and a half hour, three, four hour long historical epic movies. So, And Ridley Scott is really one of the best in that respect, as well as his sci-fi epics. He's really one of the only ones making movies like Exodus, Gods and Kings, Kingdom of Heaven, Gladiator, that kind of thing. He's really one of the only ones out there making them right now, and especially at the scale that he does it. So I'm very grateful for him for for doing that. Are, are they all five out of fives? No, but I'm still really glad they exist. Another thing with me is even though I'm not religious myself, I consider myself to be agnostic. I, for whatever reason, I find religious stories interesting, not necessarily the quote unquote faith friendly ones, but just biblical stories, anything um, or across many different kinds of religion um, in terms of just the human story, the ethical, the moral story arc of certain characters and the myths, all that kind of thing. So biblical movies such as this, that is just a new interpretation, a fairly atheist kind of interpretation, if you will, I'm very interested in. I understand that some people who are religious are not fans of these movies. I get that, but that's just not really my viewpoint. So I'm going into it as just another historical film. This one got pretty poor reviews when it came out. It didn't do well again at the box office, but I remember hearing pretty bad things about it. And I think at the time I liked it to a certain extent. I thought it was all right. And I think over the years, maybe it's a hot take. I don't know, because I know even on Letterboxd, the reviews are fairly mixed. I really, really enjoyed this movie. Probably dare to say I like it a lot more than some of his other epics that he's done. I think it's a little bit better than The Last Duel. I'd probably take this over Robin Hood as well. I think Kingdom of Heaven is still his best historical epic that he's done. I haven't seen Napoleon yet at this point, but I'm, I'm hoping to soon. And rewatching it just in this past week, I really enjoyed it. First of all, visually, it is one of the best historical looking films that I've ever seen. The visuals are incredible. Everything from the locations, like where they've found these locations, these real places is incredible and beautiful. The cinematography, the lighting, the production and costume design is insane in terms of the detail, the colors, the research that went into it. And we'll get into that with the making of documentary. But it is, even though there are parts of the movie that are flawed, some of the script, 
some of the just overall pacing and storytelling are inconsistent at certain times. I rewatching it this time, maybe it helped by watching that documentary beforehand, but I was just pretty much in awe of how great this movie looked and felt and the richness of the world. Christian Bale is amazing, as he always is. I Some people hated on Joel Edgerton for this performance. I understand that to an extent. I think, considering he is this member of royalty who is suddenly thrown into the pharaoh position, and him coming across afterwards as being fairly impulsive, having a lot of bravado, and that sort of mentality. You know, it's his way or the highway sort of thing. I think his performance communicates that. Some people said he felt a little unsure in the role, not really authentic, but I think for what the character is, it makes sense to me. And I think on rewatches, it also has been reinforced in terms of my appreciation of that performance. I don't think he's perfect, but I like him in that role. I love the makeup, the costume design of his character as well. Just the the clothing uh, and the materials used and the designs, again, are incredible. Can never say enough about it. The overall, the cast is pretty good. I appreciate the idea that really Scott just tries to have huge ensemble casts in these historical films. A lot of times people who have never been in them, does that always work inherently? No, there are some who stick out more than others, but I still think that the overall cast is great. I think Aaron Paul is pretty, he doesn't do a whole lot, but I think he's pretty good. Ben Mendelsohn, I love in everything. Scorny Weaver, I mean, really everybody is is quite good. Uh, I think... Some people complain about the pacing. I don't really compared. I just watched The Last Duel and some of his other films. I don't really understand the huge criticism of pacing and dullness in this movie compared to others. I think for one, visually, it's way better than a lot of those. Ridley Scott is really a visual genius and such a great visual storyteller. So in that respect, there are points more so in the first act. I think after the exile of Moses and that time where he spends in the, in the village where he gets married and there's he has the child that part feels a little bit like it's spinning its wheels somewhat and then but then when it gets to the rebellion and you know, the slave liberation and all that and the conflict with Ramses I think all that stuff is awesome the the 10 plagues sequence is incredible the design the the concept I mean obviously that's coming from the you know the story but the execution of all of those different plagues, the locusts, the alligators, all of that stuff is so intense and so well done visually. Very, very visceral. And then the sequence at the Red Sea at the end is amazing. And visually that huge tsunami coming over, but before that it fading away, allowing Moses to cross. And then the chariot chase from Ramses and all the chariots falling off the cliff. Like it's so well done and i just really don't understand if it's not the kind of movie for you get that but i really don't get the extreme criticism and and hate on this movie because execution wise it's not perfect but it is so much more memorable epic and intense and unique in all the ways i've just been explaining than so many other films that come out these days that i was this time around i was near loving it and so that ending sequence while it is more fantastical and more biblical in terms of the uh the suspension of disbelief if you will i think that stuff is still done very very it's so intense visually gorgeous and then one criticism at least by people of faith was the depiction of god being this young cynical boy 
But I personally, I love that. I understand if that's just something that irks you as someone of faith. I, I get that. But I like the idea of God being this young boy who's just basically to Moses saying, screw you. Sorry. Life sucks. If you want one person to suffer, everybody's going to suffer. Deal with it. You know, basically figure it out on your own. Uh, sorry. And so I really like his conversations with God, quote unquote, uh, and this young boy and then Aaron Paul seeing Moses from afar doing this. And then there's no one there in his viewpoint. So that part of the movie I love. And I think it brings up a lot of interesting questions, moral and ethical questions. And whenever Christian Bale and Joel Edgerton are together, fantastic. I think they have great chemistry and that to me, the writing is very solid between those two characters and Ramsey's very, very stuck up, snobbish, spoiled natures as Pharaoh who, no, I want to have a statue be even bigger than the last one. I want this. No, it's my way or, or no way. I'm going to do this. I'm going to kill everyone until I get my way. And I think that's done. It's expressed pretty well to where you really hate that character and you want most Moses to succeed and you want the those slaves to be liberated and to rise up against them. And all that stuff by the end is quite well done and very satisfying. So I understand if it's just a movie that pacing wise, story wise, is not one that's immediately going to grab you. And it's taken three or four viewings really for me to really enjoy it. But as of now, I'm a big fan. And I, as I said earlier, I would take it over a lot of Ridley Scott's other epics. Not to say those are bad in any way. I still really enjoy all of them. But this is having rewatched it just now. I would put it above at least a handful of his other films that he's done as of late. Good score. As always with Ridley Scott films, the production design is just off the charts. Um, and we'll get to that with the, the making of documentary. It is worth watching. May not be one that wins you over at first or at all. I don't know. But I really, really enjoyed getting to revisit this movie and then rewatching or watching this making of documentary made me appreciate it even more and made me appreciate Ridley Scott way more than I already did. So I'm going to give that a four and a half out of five. Sorry if that's not a take, but that's how I feel. I was loving it. All right, let's get to the making of documentary, which is Keepers of the Covenant, making Exodus Gods and Kings. And we do have a clip as well. So take a listen. The journey is made up of many different locations. My name is Arthur Max, I'm the production designer on Exodus. We started our shooting in Pinewood Studios in London, where we built all our interiors, including royal palaces, royal bedrooms, and also interiors of the Hebrew scholars' dwellings. All right, so Keepers of the Covenant came out in 2015, shortly after the, the release of the digital and physical copies of the movie. It is available on YouTube, and then if you purchase movie digitally or physical copy it's there as well but i saw this on youtube directed by charles de lazarica sorry if i said that name wrong and the synopsis is an in-depth documentary on the making of ridley scott's exodus gods and kings featuring interviews with the cast and crew so as is obvious and as i've talked about a lot on the show before i just love behind the scenes making of films I love movie making in general, and I went to film school, and I just love the process of making movies and seeing how it's done. And so this is the kind of film, epic film that I die for. Like, I wish there was so many movies out there would be, I would probably love even more 
if they had a two, three hour documentary about all right, how we made this. And Ridley Scott, and I'll be doing a lot of his other recent films, because basically for every movie he's done over the last 20 years, there's at least a somewhat lengthy documentary showing all parts of the production, which I think is very unique. And another reason why I love Ridley Scott, because he's showing, all right, it's not just me saying, I had this vision, I made this epic movie, here you go, enjoy my work. It's look at the hundreds, thousands of people who made this movie happen. And so it's showing you that ego is lost at the door for him. And even if that wasn't the case, I'd still love having these kinds of films. But watching, if you've seen the movie, or if you haven't seen the movie yet, you may even want to start with this first, because Ridley Scott is not in a bad way, but he's a madman. After watching this and after having watched his other, some of his other making of documentaries, which I mean, he's not directing himself, but he's featured in. The amount of work that went into making this movie is insane to realize because he's a huge supporter and user of practical effects, real sets, everything in that respect. He, these huge sets that were built, parts of cities, whole villages, these monumental statues that dozens of feet high and the true real world that he created for this movie and that he has done for his sci-fi films and for other historical epics is unbelievable to realize. And his production designer is, I don't know why that guy hasn't won Oscar after Oscar because the amount of work and detail and art and group of artists that go into making these incredible sets, the also then the costume designers is just, I don't want to repeat myself too much, but it's Seeing a two and a half hour documentary that goes really into detail about the writing, the production design, the casting, it's really unbelievable to see how does someone even make this movie work. You know, there's even an interview with the caterer saying, I had such hard times getting all the food out there to these certain locations. Like, I struggled with that. How do we, how are we supposed to do that? Because there are hundreds of extras, sometimes all who need a bunch of gear. Who need food, obviously, and just imagining being out in the middle of the desert. All right, how are we going to get food for all these people, plus the crew, plus this, plus that? And then the action sequences, he's amazing at doing medieval action. This was at the time, I think, believe they said in the movie, the most amount of chariots they've ever had on a movie set because there were dozens of them all racing towards each other, the amount of horses they had on set. It's just, it's really eye opening to see how you know a two and a half hour movie is put together in terms of all right we're not just going to use green screen he uses green screen as every blockbuster does really but all right we're going to use practical effects and work as much as possible how are we going to do that and huge water tanks for the underwater sequences the making fake crocodiles and things like that and having real frogs as part of the the 10 plagues on set. Like it's, it's unbelievable. I don't know how seeing that there are thousands of people, all who have their own individual jobs, whoever's coordinating the overall production, I guess those producers and the other supervisors, those people deserve Oscars because the amount of moving parts with the thousands of people involved, the amount of money involved, the, all the different locations, the pre-production, production, post-production, and how all of that manages to come together and not be a complete disaster where 
nothing works, nothing is shot correctly is is really crazy to think about and shows you how Ridley Scott, even being in his, I believe his late 70s, is able to handle time after time after time a massive $200 million production where he's not cutting any corners. That doesn't mean the movie's going to be perfect every time, but you see how much passion, love, hard, long, overnight hours go into making a movie like this even just be come to fruition, not even be a great movie or a good movie. It's just how can we even just get everything shot correctly and get the effects done. And so this is definitely one of the best making of documentaries that I've ever seen in terms of the in-depth scope. I think the best one that I've seen, at least concerning Ridley Scott's films, and I'll try and do it sometime soon, is the Prometheus one called The Furious Gods, which you can also watch on YouTube. That one is about four hours long, three and a half. And that one is even more in-depth, but I'm so glad this one exists. And I wish it was the case with Napoleon and Last Duel that there were ones this long because if this is your kind of, if you're interested in this, you will die happy because it touches on everything. It shows everyone has an important role. It doesn't matter if you're a minor extra or if you're Ridley Scott, everyone has a role. Everyone's important. And there aren't a lot of other filmmakers out there like that like Ridley Scott, who do productions of this scale and of this quality. Christopher Nolan, you know, is definitely another, but Ridley Scott and letting people see behind the scenes of how he did it is really amazing. And it's one that I, I've seen it twice now. I saw it right back when it came out and then just this past week. So it's one that's so entertaining. It's long, but once again, if you're interested in it, you will wish it was four hours. And I would love to see an extended cut of exes, gods, and kings. I don't think we're ever going to get that considering it didn't do very well at the box office. And they'd said in the production of the movie, we started out at about four hours and got it down to about three. And then they cut it down to about two and a half. And I really wish it was more three, three and a half. Cause even if it's not perfect, I will always take a director's cut usually over the theatrical. Well, is it inherently better? No, but I'll always, when it comes to historical epics, I'll always take an extra 10. 15, 20, an hour longer, just because I want to see more of the world and more of the story fleshed out. And just considering the incredible production of the movie, any scene would be nice to see just a new part of the costumes, new part of the sets, of the effects, cinematography, whatever. And so it's a really amazing movie, I thought, and not one that the casual viewer is going to want to pop on. I get that they make five minute ones for a reason, but if you're going to make a documentary about the making of a movie, make it like this. This is a perfect example of one that you, if you want to learn about how movies are made and how Hollywood movies are made, this is could not do better, really. The Lord of the Rings one is a great one. That one's is, is, is even longer than this one is. And one thing I love is considering it is about a historical film. It's not just showing you all the effects for a sci-fi movie or something. It's saying, all right, we built these real sets. This is... You know, we're trying to recreate the biblical era as best we can. When I was in film school, I really enjoyed editing. I didn't do a whole lot, but whenever I did, I think if I was working on a movie now, I would want to be the editor. There was something about editing. I mean, I edit and produce this podcast, but in terms of actual film editing, I really enjoy that. And they touch on that as well. And you see the amount of tedious work that goes into doing that. Casting across the board, the research that went involved in terms of getting the production and the costumes right, and then them wanting to make sure they're telling their own interpretation 
of this story and of these characters, how they went about choosing locations. There's just, you could not get enough of it. And even if it's not really your kind of movie, if you're even vaguely curious, I would even watch 10, 15 minutes of it because it is so eye-opening in every way that it makes you want to work on a movie set. And it gives you a more than anything, I would say, a greater appreciation for, all right, here's a $200 million, two-hour-long movie, sci-fi movie, historical movie, whatever, that there's huge sets, huge action, whatever. How do they make that happen? This shows you how directors make that happen. And again, I don't know how it doesn't just turn into complete chaos because seeing these huge production sets where there's a million people running around, there's explosions, there's horses racing around, there's crashes, there's everything you can imagine. And then somehow they come out with a polished, great product, at least nine times out of 10 they do. So it's the one that I couldn't really say enough about. I Hard to think of a better one that I've seen over the last few years. It was really, really nice to to watch this again and really makes me just love movies more. I mean, which is hard to do and makes me want to get back into film production again, which is I can't really do that right now, but reminds me of, of why I got interested in movies in the first place and my time in college and making movies and all that. So check it out on YouTube. It's free. You don't even have to pay for it. Watch 10 minutes of it. Watch a half hour. See what you think, because I think it will, whether you've seen the movie or not, it will give you a, a great appreciation for the product and just for movie making in general and showing you why some people are at the sat- status they are, such as Ridley Scott. And I am hoping to do really all of his other recent films that he's done substantial documentaries on, Prometheus, The Martian, The Last Duel, and any others I can find, Blade Runner as well. So keep an eye out for that. I'm maybe going to do it every month, every other month. And then I have some others planned from other directors who have substantial documentaries as well. So I'm hoping that each time it'll be interesting to talk about what makes this one better than others in terms of the making of documentary, what they go into, what they choose not to cover. And so hopefully it's an interesting new series. And if there are any out, if there's anyone out there who knows the making of documentaries or of certain movies that you really would like to hear a review of in terms of the making of and why you love that, uh, or you, you just want to hear a discussion on it, please let me know at FilmBuds on social media, Letterboxd, all of that stuff is in the show notes. So please let me know. I'd love to cover a movie that you want to hear. I just figured this one is fairly swept under the rug, and yet the documentary for it is amazing and epic. So I figured it would be a good one to start off with. Well, it's it's a heavy five out of five, amazing movie. We need more of them out there for all kinds of films. And I hope we do. But this is one that is stands among the best, in my opinion. So heavy five. All right. Well, I guess I can end off with picks of the week. As I was just saying, follow us on social media at FilmBuds. Comment on our Letterboxd accounts. Me and my wife, Elle, have Letterboxd accounts. Let us know your thoughts on the movies, on the episodes. Send us questions, comments all that stuff and we can read those on the show too. Um in terms of stuff I've been watching, not a whole lot, but I'll mention a couple things. So I watched Kevin Smith's Clerks for the first time which I had been mean to watch for a long time and it was his breakout movie in the 90s just following this crew at a gas station store and it's shot in black and white and it's basically just a very much a hangout 24-hour ish or even not even that, just a shift at work of these guys talking and customers coming in. And it's very much a 
plotless, narrativeless hangout movie, but it was really the defining breakout movie for Kevin Smith, and it's considered, I think, by many to be one of one of, if not his best, still. I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. I there's still a lot of Kevin Smith movies I haven't seen yet. He's maybe called him an acquired taste. This one took me a little bit to get into. I was it is black and white and it's very dialogue is quick, but once it gets going, the flow, the dialogue, the performances, I really again, I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. It's really funny. It's got some good commentary on just blue collar workplace culture. And anyone who's worked in the service industry can definitely relate to a lot of the encounters the employees have with customers and the bosses and all that. And so it was a really enjoyable movie for me. Not a masterpiece, I think, but definitely the best Kevin Smith movie that I've seen as of now. So check that one out if you haven't seen it or if you're unaware of Kevin Smith. Then I watched Life, the 2015 film starring Robert Pattinson. And Dane DeHaan, which is about the true story of James Dean, the actor, and this Life magazine photographer who spent a lot of time with him trying to get a photo session and story of James Dean as he was just getting ready to be in Rebel Without a Cause, which I knew really nothing about this story. It's directed by the guy who did The American with George Clooney, which I really enjoy. I really like Robert Pattinson. Dane DeHaan, I like most of the time, can be a little hit and miss, but I think as James Dean, maybe he wouldn't have been my first choice, but I think for the performance and for the movie, I enjoyed him, and I thought Robert Pattinson was quite good as well. It's a very, and it goes into the director's style, it's very quiet, very deliberately paced. It's not flashy, it's very restrained, and so it's not one that will appeal to a big audience, I think. You get out what you put into it, it's one of those... I don't think it would ever be a, you know, best of the, the decade or anything like that. I mean, James Dean's story is quite tragic considering he made three movies and then was killed in this car accident. The movie is, I guess you can say, quietly depressing. Like you don't, I'd even really realize how sad these characters felt till towards the very end or right after. It has this very fairly unseen, muted sense of sadness and melancholy and loneliness with these characters and James Dean being a very confused, misunderstood guy. And then Robert Pattinson saying, no, I see something in this guy. I have to tell the story. I need to take these photos or I can't go on, you know, and his family getting fed up with them and his son and all that. And so it's a pretty interesting story. Again, knew nothing about it, but I love James Dean in general. I love his, his films and his impact that he's had. And so it's worth checking out. Not one that's going to win everybody over, but if you like indie more restrained character films like this, I would check it out. Then I also rewatched How the Grinch Stole Christmas with Jim Carrey, which is one of my all-time favorite Christmas films. Jim Carrey's performance is unmatched. His physical comedy, his delivery in every scene is one of the best comedic performances that I've ever seen. Which, I mean, Jim Carrey, that's, that's who he is. That's kind of the quality that you get. It is such an underrated performance that I think even though I hear some people praise it, having rewatched it two or three times now in the last couple of years, it is so top tier, iconic, hysterical performance in terms of if you want to know how to give a unique, memorable, comedic performance, watch Jim Carrey in this. Everything from delivery to dialogue 
facial expressions, everything. It, it's an amazing movie, and he's definitely the best part about it. If that performance was not as good, it would be a lesser movie. But I still think the rest of the movie is shot well, one of Ron Howard's best for sure. Shot well, acted well, it's got some good humor, but mostly from Jim Carrey. Still a nice retelling of the Grinch story, my favorite thus far. But I will never, ever tire of that performance. And that's one reason why I think it holds up so well as Jim Carrey is unbelievably good in that. Definitely check it out if you haven't yet. An amazing, masterful performance. And that is about it, I think, for the show. Uh, Elle should be back next week. We've just had some changes in schedules and been a little bit chaotic as of late. So we just haven't had a lot of time together to sit down and do, do a show. Stay tuned for that. Make sure to subscribe if you haven't yet. Hit that subscribe button now. Thank you to all of our new listeners. Make sure to check out our bonus show page at filmbuds.bandcamp.com and all that stuff is in the show notes. We love having you here. Tell your friends about FilmBuds. Follow us on social media at FilmBuds. All that good stuff. We hope you have a great 2024 and see you next time. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.